All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limbless MD. Today, I'm interviewing uh, Dr. Narissa Crayer. She is one of the, the doctors that have decided, you know what, uh, I have passions outside of just traditional clinical medicine. She grew up as a pediatric endocrinologist, got her MD, completely amazing, got an MBA from um, Northeastern University and decided also, to, you know, while she was doing research that she would start going into more of the pharma biotech industry. She's had 15 years of experience there working in multiple companies, including Sanofi and Takeda, and now is a chief medical officer of a really amazing biotech company. But during that pandemic, she saw a need to help other doctors, you know, spread their wings uh, and potentially add, you know, other streams of income, consider pivoting out of medicine if they felt like that was the right move for them and maybe explore things such as biotech and pharma. And so she created her company, uh, Pharma Industry MD Coach, which is the leading uh, sort of coaching consulting for physicians who want to explore things outside uh, of traditional medical pathways. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. Narissa, welcome to the show. I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. That's awesome. What made you start thinking that, hey, maybe other people want to learn how I did it. Yes. So we see a lot of Facebook groups and Facebook posts about physicians looking for other options. And that's really where this came from, as well as a physician coaching group I was a part of. I was seeing uh, unfortunately, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of burnout, and I recognized that I had information to share with people that could be helpful to my fellow physicians. Yeah, that that's absolutely amazing. And I'm glad that you really decided to share your knowledge because that's really how we can elevate the profession. I mean, there's, um, you know, I had a, a physician on here who's telling me about some of the numbers of people who are either dissatisfied or they're just looking for some other options. And so I, I think the pharma industry is such a great option. Now, what makes you so excited about that? And why did you decide to go and make that a career option for yourself? Sure. So what makes me so excited about it is every day I have an opportunity to change people's lives. So whether I'm working in clinical development and developing new drugs, studying new drugs that can have an impact on patients, or if I'm working in the medical affairs side where there's a drug that's already approved and I'm educating people about that drug, I'm really impacting patient and families' lives by working in the industry. Um, what brought me to the industry actually was quite fortuitous. Um, about a year out of my fellowship, I was moving to the Boston area uh, for family reasons. My, my husband had matched uh, here in Boston for his fellowship. 
And I thought I had a clinical research position at one of the big teaching hospitals here that had been sort of pre-discussed, pre-arranged. And unfortunately, the role had been cut in budget cuts. So they offered me a job. They offered me a job seeing patients in a, a typical clinical role. And I'm very thankful at the time I realized that was not what I wanted to do. So I utilized my network and got my resume out there and landed in a pharma role where I knew I could contribute to research. And so really made that shift early, um, not, not intentionally initially, but really glad looking back on my career that that happened and I had the opportunity to really understand and um, have a role in industry pretty early out of my uh, fellowship training. So now 15 years later, obviously industry has evolved, but are you starting to see more and more physicians make that jump? Yes, it's interesting. I mean, the statistics I use uh, with my clients is about 1% of all physicians are working in pharma. Now, finding that statistic in the United States is very difficult. But if you look in Europe, um, several European countries, there are some publications to support that. However, if I look at um, just data from Facebook groups and such, we are seeing a lot of people every week joining the industry. So I do think that that is increasing. And as we see more and more companies, more and more growth in our industry, I do think that we are going to see more. Okay, I'm going to go cut straight to the chase because I know this is on a lot of my listeners' minds. A lot of the listeners are high-performing physicians who are looking for freedom, wealth, human optimization, I would dare say they're looking for choice and you're providing an amazing choice here. So let's let's get right to it. I'm a physician, I'm earning $250,000 doing some internal medicine job or whatever else I'm doing. What kind of compensation should, should I expect if I jump over to pharma? A couple of things about that. Um, very commiserate with that kind of mid 200 level uh, salary for someone entering at a director level. So one of the real differences about salaries in pharma versus salaries in um, clinical medicine is that you have much less of a ceiling in pharma, right? Because as you make your way up the ladder, maybe you get promoted from director to senior director to executive director, the salaries continue to increase. And I don't think as much we see that in clinical medicine, right? You might make a little more every year or two or three, but it's not those big jumps that start to get you into higher and higher salary bands. So, uh, could I expect like 500, 600, 700,000 if I'm higher up in the pharma company? So now you're talking um, really senior level type roles, right? So senior VP, maybe VP at certain larger pharma companies, but certainly there are those opportunities. Um, the other thing it's worth saying is that it's not all just about the salary in pharma, right? So there's a bonus structure. There's also an equity structure. So in many companies, you have an opportunity to take part in the company's growth 
through stock, right? And that might be stock options, it might be restricted stock or some combination of both. So as I'm talking with people and helping them understand, yes, the base salary is very important, but there's also this whole compensation package that they have to be considering. So the total comp package seems very exciting, the salary, the bonus equity. Let's talk about what a lifestyle of a pharma, you know, um, biotech kind of person looks like. So clinicians, they can work a lot of hours, 40, 60, 80 hours, you know, and we've seen it all. That being said, what does a typical uh, person in the industry work look like? Sure. So our work hours can be a lot, right? If on average, I would say over the course of my career, in the 50 to mid 50 range. Okay. Um, however, the thing that's different is that there's more flexibility generally. So overall, we're not typically quote unquote on call, right? I'm never sleeping in a hospital on a night or a weekend. I'm not rounding on newborns on a night or a weekend. And so Yes, I might be all in from, you know, eight to six most work days, Monday through Friday, and I might choose to do some work on a Saturday or a Sunday, but I'm not, it's it's not a part of my job, generally speaking, to have to be working in the evenings or on the weekends. So that flexibility of, you know what work you have to do. And you can do that work at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, you can do it at 10 o'clock at night if you so choose, but no one's standing over you with a call schedule. So that flexibility, I think, is really, really helpful. There's also more generally a, a work-life balance approach, right? So we spend a lot of time talking about the culture of a company Um Things like with the human resources group, thinking about how do people um, balance a child's doctor's appointment or dentist's appointment. And there's more opportunity for people to work that in or weave that into their schedule than for a physician who has a slate of patients waiting for them. Do you see uh, female physicians perhaps who are looking for a little bit better quality of life and better balance in their work uh, and family situation? Do you see this as an attractive option or do you see that being sought, sought after by more of a female physician type or is there really not a gender preference? That's a great question. Um, if I look at my clients, I get more female clients. Hmm. I don't know, though, if that's because I'm a female coach and maybe people are going, you know, that are that identify as male or are going more towards a male coach. Um, if I think about the people I know working in the industry that are physicians, it's pretty much 50 50. Um, so I think lots of people are are looking for that balance, not just women. So. If I'm like a really confident doctor, I'm like, oh, I don't need no Dr. Crayer. I can figure this out on my own. I can figure out how to land a, a sweet job. Maybe I'm making, you know, $400,000 a year in year two, got some stock options. I'm pretty, I'm pretty set, set. But where are the pitfalls, the mistakes, the red flags you see when physicians say, you know what, I'm going to switch over. I think this is what I really want to do. And they strike out. They can't either land a job or they don't negotiate well or they get a job that is 
they thought was amazing, but it doesn't, when they actually arrive, it's not what they thought it would be. So help us tease that out. Sure. So one of the first things I see on, on, again, I keep referencing Facebook groups, but that's where there's a lot of chatter is people saying, you know, I keep applying, I keep applying and I'm not getting any traction. And often I think that's because they're applying online, which you have to do. That's part of the process, but they're not taking the next steps that I'm helping clients and coaching them through, like thinking about how do they actually get their resume in front of or in the hands of an actual human being? How do they get their resume to the top of the pile? How do they network within our industry? Um, LinkedIn is where all of that happens. And many physicians will say, I don't even have a LinkedIn profile. Yeah, they're going to say, Narissa, oh, yeah, I got this Doximity thing. I'm like, yeah, Doximity is cute, guys, but the real world plays in LinkedIn. So it's time to, time to switch over. <laughs> exactly. It's time to get to a profile on LinkedIn, which is part of what I coach people through. The other thing, and you mentioned um, doctors being really confident. I actually coach a lot of doctors through feeling not competent. So I get a lot of people coming to me saying, I don't have the experience that the job description is asking for. And so what my coaching does, I'm a certified life coach on top of having the real world experience. And so I'm applying those um, that thought coaching to help people understand, in fact, they actually do have all the experience they need as physicians. They have leadership experience. They have experience educating people. They actually, a lot of them often will say, I don't have any research experience. And then I'm going through their resume with them. They've published two or three papers. They've done a few case reports. That's research experience. So physicians, we're such over overperformers, high achievers, that we feel like if we're not, you know, publishing phase three New England journal papers, then we haven't done something. So coaching people through that. And that's one of the biggest issues is people are getting in their own way. I love what you're talking about because it's the same thing when, when people come and do any of our our coaching programs and really it's like, what are you going to coach on? I'm like, first, we got to talk about the mindset, you know? And it's like, let's get out of this imposter syndrome, which I don't know why physicians have because they're, they work so darn hard to get to where they are. And they've done so gone through so many hoops. They have the skill sets, they have the knowledge, they have the, the wisdom, like you're suggesting, they just need to learn to apply it in the most strategic way. And that's where, you know, you know, with small little tweaks, these two little millimeter shifts that you're going to provide Nurissa, they're able to go from bottom of the pile, like you suggested to maybe the top of the pile between uh, maybe having only one offer to having multiple offers, perhaps, you know, so that's amazing. Um, is there a characteristic you're noticing among your most successful doctors who go through your program? Yes. Grit. There it is, guys. <laughs> Say it again, please. Grit. <laughs> and what does that mean to you? Yes. So to me, the clients who are willing to take a rejection and another rejection and not get a reply back from a recruiter that they thought they had a really good conversation with, it's being able to not take it personally. It's being able to say, 
this is probably not about me. There are probably lots of other factors happening in this ecosystem, and I'm just going to keep applying. More shots on goal. How many uh, shots on goal, as you say, would it take for us to typically get a job for you know a well-qualified physician? Yeah. So I generally give people the guidance that this will take about six to 12 months okay. to get their first industry role. Nice. Okay. It's, well, that's a good uh, rule of thumb just to have that patience and that sort of that time frame and that that runway you need to really, you know, optimize and get everything ready and then start, you know, going through the process. Now, I know you coach people and you consult as well. What does that look like if uh, perhaps some of the physicians who are interested in getting into pharma or biotech are listening in on this podcast today? Sure. So first, I give people lots of free information. Um, I started this because I wanted to help my colleagues. And so there's a, a weekly blog that I publish that people can go and find all kinds of great information, free downloads on my website. But my what, company, what is your what is your website? The website is industrymdcoach.com. Okay, guys, industrymdcoach.com. That will be in the show notes. Click on it. You're going to get a lot of that uh, amazing wisdom that uh, Narissa has to share with you guys. And then as far as coaching is concerned, I have two options for people. I have an online course that people can do on their own time. They do get coaching office hours with me on a monthly basis. So you still get that access to ask your questions, bring your resume, et cetera. But the course is self-directed. And then the other option is more personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching that I offer to people. And so there, I'm really taking people through the resume writing, the interview preparation, the negotiating to get them to that role that's going to be fulfilling for them. That is amazing. The fact that you actually have this kind of specialized knowledge in this niche that would really help physicians uh, literally transform their whole life because essentially they're going from an unfulfilled position to potentially their dream job. Um, I, I think it's a no-brainer. So, um, and the fact that you, uh, this is not your first rodeo. You've been in this industry for about 15 years and counting. So that is absolutely amazing. Um, that is amazing. So what, what words of wisdom do you want to leave our listeners as we wrap up here of folks who are either ready to explore this option or people who are geared up and ready to actually make that pivot? Certainly. So one, the pharma biotech industry can be incredibly fulfilling. There are multiple different roles that physicians can do. And so there's a nice fit for most physicians out there. And then it really is about having confidence, faith, and trust in yourself as you go into this process and really just believing that you can have a career that is fulfilling and makes you happy and allows you to use your medical degree in a way that is something that works for you and your family. That's awesome. That's awesome. And is there a way to do this role where it is you're still doing your primary job? And is this a, can this be sort of a side a gig or side hustle or is are the roles you're seeing all full time? 
Yeah, the majority of the roles are full-time. There are physicians who consult for the pharma and biotech industry. Um, so they might be involved in helping with protocol design. They might be involved with helping um, on a specific disease state. Those physicians are typically what we call key opinion or thought leaders. So they're going to be the people with specific expertise and that can be done on a part-time basis. So as uh, so listeners, as we, you know, as we talk about the four archetypes, the W2 archetype, uh, who's like a physician or solo physician or employed, then we talk about the physician who has perhaps a lot of clinics and they want to scale. And then we talk about the side hustle physician. And then finally, the p- physician who wants to pivot. Um, the strategy Narissa is uh, suggesting is really for the side hustle physician who wants to either explore this and then potentially go all in or ready to fully transition and transform their clinical practice. So that's uh, absolutely amazing. Thank you again for sharing all of this powerful knowledge. Guys, check out her website, uh, industrymbcoach.com and all our other information she's providing. Remember the number one thing she's suggesting you need is grit. Um, be, you know, the, the Japanese saying, fall down seven, get up eight. There it is. And so uh, thank you, Narissa. Um, and um, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Is it through the website? The website, and also I have an email address that's the same. It's industrymdcoach at gmail.com. There it is, guys. Okay, awesome, guys. Thank you again for listening. And then uh, keep track of not only podcasts, but our YouTube channel, which is uh, slowly uh, growing. And with that, guys, uh, I leave you with the, the common words I like to say, which is be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.